Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. The first reading is from the 12th chapter of Genesis. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. The word of the Lord. The second reading is from Romans, beginning with the fourth chapter. Abram was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being right and being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. We are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abram's, Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel today is from John, the third chapter. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. 
After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you of what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Here ends the reading. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. All right, guys, we are learning the fruits of the Spirit. What are they? Can you name one? Self-control, faithfulness, patience, peace, joy, love. Oh, you're close. Kindness. Let's say them all together. Repeat after me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Whenever we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the conversation should always start with God. Because these nine fruit, first and foremost, reflect the character of God. And because Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, these fruit are then uh, made into faithful produce, grown as fruit in our lives through the Holy Spirit. So when the fruit of the Spirit come alive in us or in others, we need to pay attention because this fruit is a pretty good indication that we are witnessing the work of God within and around us. The challenge is there are lots of things competing for our attention. So it's easy to miss what God is up to. 
So during Lent, we're, we want to train our eyes to notice where the fruit of the Spirit is being manifest around us. And so we've set up that trellis out in the lobby, encouraging you to take note of when you see the fruit of the Spirit, and you write it down, and you clip it on the trellis as a way to mark that moment. And hopefully, by doing this, we will create a, a healthy and holy habit of always being on the lookout for where God is at work. Because when love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control are present, we can trust that God is a part of it. So today we're going to be reflecting specifically on the fruit of faithfulness, which is great since we have set apart this whole year, 2020, to focus on faithfulness. And as I said, in order to talk about our faithfulness, we need to start from the secure place of trusting that first, God is faithful to us. Now, there are lots of stories in Scripture about God's steadfast love and faithfulness. Today, we heard the beginning of the story of God's faithfulness to Abraham and Sarah in our reading from Genesis chapter 12. Now, what an unlikely pair they were for God to choose. They were older. They didn't have children. And yet God tells them to pack their bags and go to the land that God would show them and that God would make of them a great nation and would bless them and would make their name great. What a far-fetched promise that was. I mean, if God wanted to start a great nation, why would you start with two senior citizens who didn't have any kids? And yet, as the story unfolds in Scripture, we learn that God is faithful to that promise, not only to Abraham and Sarah, but to all of the families of the earth. God is faithful. And that faithfulness is revealed most powerfully through the cross. Today we heard those well-worn words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now think about it. What more could God have done to reveal that he is faithful to us than to give us his son? Through the cross, God reveals the far-fetched promise that every single one of us, and indeed the whole world, is loved by God. And for God to be faithful to that promise, it came at a tremendous cost. God is faithful. God is faithful to us. We need to start there. And then God's faithfulness to us, it's from there that the sprouts of our own faithfulness to God begin to grow. So what does it mean to be faithful? Well, it doesn't mean to never have any doubts. 
And to be faithful doesn't mean that you have this airtight theological understanding of the mysteries of God. You see, faithfulness isn't about head knowledge. Faithfulness is about action. Faithfulness means to act even when you have doubts. Faithfulness faithfulness means to act even when you don't have things all figured out. Faithfulness is acting on God's promise that you are loved and letting that love flow through you. It may seem far-fetched at times, but it's true. Now, if you've been reading our daily, little daily devotional book, you know that this past week, one of the daily devotions was written by Beth Townsend, who is a member here at Good Shepherd. Beth tells the story of a couple of years ago when she and her husband, Mark, were at an appointment with Mark's oncologist. The treatment plan that Mark had been going through for his pancreatic cancer was not working. There were other things to try, but it was becoming, beginning to become apparent that Mark's illness was terminal. And at that appointment, the oncologist had to deliver some difficult news to Beth and Mark. But that guy also trusted that our God is faithful. So that doctor took faithful action And the action that he took was to pray with Beth and Mark right there in his office. You see, this doctor's prayer gave testimony to his trust that our faithful God was there in the room, loving Beth and Mark through that, even at a time when it must have felt like God was far away. In fact, Beth wrote in her devotional, God's love and comfort came in the form of our physician in the midst of such darkness. Faithfulness means to act in response to God's promise to love the whole world. You see, prayer was a powerful action that that doctor took that allowed the faithfulness of God to flow through him out to Beth and Mark. And here's what is true. That faithfulness of God can flow through you as well as you open yourself to bear fruit for God. One of the most powerful stories that came out of our God's work, God's Grace, Your Hands, last fall was written by Good Shepherd member Bill Luke. For those who are new, uh, on one Sunday last September, we uh, gave out checks to everyone who was in worship. And the checks were either for $100, $250, or $500. And we told people the pay to the order line was blank. And we told you to just go out and give the money away to take faithful action 
to use that money in fruitful ways to share God's love with the world. So this is part of Bill's story of what he did with the check. My first reaction to the envelope with the check was to put it back in the offering plate. I live in a sheltered world and could think of no one to whom the gift would make a real difference. When the plate came around, I accepted the challenge and I put the envelope in my pocket. As I drove home, I approached a stoplight where a man always stood holding a cardboard sign. I thought about him as the corner came closer. What would he do with such a gift? See a doctor? Sleep indoors? Go on a bender? Or maybe share with others who also had needs? Would the gift be life-changing or would it be wasted? And then I pictured Jesus in Gethsemane asking that same question about me. I stopped and rolled down the window. Would the gift be life-changing or would it be wasted? And then I pictured Jesus in Gethsemane asking that same question about me. Now we know what faithful action Jesus took. Jesus was faithful to God's promise to love the whole world, including you. And the faithfulness to that promise came at a tremendous cost. And now God is longing to grow a deeper faithfulness in you. So what faithful action might God be calling you to do? To pack your bags? literally or figuratively, to go to that new land that God will show you? To care for a stranger, even if you worry that that care might be wasted? To pray with someone who may fear that God has abandoned them? To stay committed to those you love even if that love comes at a tremendous cost. To engage deeply in our shared mission in this place. We start from a place of knowing that God is faithful to us and to the whole world. And it may seem far-fetched, but it's true. Let your life just sink into the deepness and the richness of that soil. And then ponder the question, what is my call to action to help reveal God's faithful love to the world? 
Whatever that action is, whatever that fruit is, know that it is grown out of the soil of God's deep faithfulness to you. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.